Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode 123, Hidden Gems. My name is Pete, and joining me tonight is Matt. What's up, everybody? And Tom. How are you guys doing tonight? We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. I, I just heard like a giant slurping sound and, and Matt disappeared. What happened? Well, my dog was actually barking outside and I was trying to get him to come back inside, but he's, he might be gone. I don't know where he is. <laughs> he was not coming immediately. You, you need to go chase him? You or should probably that... go find your dog. Pete and I can carry the animal. We got, we, we have a pretty good fence. I'm sure he's fine. He's a puppy. He's just, he heard another dog bark, I guess. Okay. Well, giving it up for the podcast, I guess. So. If you don't have a dog anymore after this, sorry, I guess. Um, tonight, we're going to talk about some hidden food and drink gems that you all can experience once the parks reopen on June 1st, right, Tom? Okay, so, I, yeah, and I'm pretty bullish on my June 1st timeline. I think we've shared that definitely on at least a Patreon episode, but maybe we've talked about that on a, a regular episode as well. Pete, today, um, as of recording, just with uh, the holiday, the Mother's Day holiday this weekend, uh, we will all be busy. Um, so we're recording this on Thursday, May 7th. Uh, and some news came out today. Disney Springs will be opening May 20th uh, with, as as part of the Phase 1 reopening in Florida. And one item of note, it's the third-party retailers and restaurants. So like World of Disney, for example, will not be opening with that. But shortly after that announcement, additional information came out regarding the Walt Disney World Parks and Resorts and some measures that may be put into place should they open in the near future. And obviously I think, you know, everyone, everyone's probably aware that reservations have been canceled through May 30th, but you are able to book uh, June 1st and forward. We have a mid June trip planned and Pete believes uh, as much as he's on the app that the fast passes have actually opened up a little bit within the last week or so. We're still crossing our fingers for June 1st. I was talking to my wife before we hopped on the podcast. I don't think she's quite as optimistic as I am. I just, what all it will entail opening the parks. Uh, is it going to be a Magic Kingdom only opening? Is it going to be, you know, obviously you want to get Animal Kingdom and you want to get Hollywood Studios open because those are the two biggest draws as far as new attractions. And then Epcot would, in my opinion, be the last to open because there are a lot of rumors circulating that some of the uh, some of the renovations or or construction taking place there will be put on hold and they're going to need to do something about the entrance. So whether that's clearing out uh, center walkway past Spaceship Earth, so you can you don't have to enter in the way you enter now. But uh, that's a lot I said there, Pete. I, I don't know any thoughts around that. Yeah, I mean, it, just to kind of go through what uh, what Disney did put out today, they basically said that uh, upon reopening, the theme parks, hotels, restaurants, attractions, experiences may be modified, uh, maybe limited in capacity, and subject to limited availability or closure. And so, you know, that tells me that yeah, they're they're looking at you know, maybe they open some parks and not open some parks. Maybe they don't have, uh, maybe they don't have restaurants open. Maybe they have restaurants open at half capacity. I think one thing that, that I'm fairly certain of, and one thing that I've heard kicked around a lot is that there, there's not going to be any parades. There's not going to be any fireworks, really no entertainment to speak of. And, um, you know, I don't. I don't see really a way that they could do anything like that and and practice proper social distancing, 
proper social distancing. So I think that's kind of a foregone conclusion. But again, no no real solid information from Disney at this point. They have not officially announced an open date. I, I think June 1st is optimistic, but I'm, I am hopeful, a little selfishly so, I guess, be, because of our trip, uh, kind of the first part of June. You have to consider, like, Disney has to have a very, you know, a standard political framed, you know, mindset of what they say. They, Disney's probably going to under-promise and over-deliver. They're going to take extreme caution in what they're going to do. And then hopefully, you know, when June 1st comes, you guys are going to be in the parks and it's, it's definitely not going to be normal, but it's probably going to be a little bit more normal than we think, or at least we hope, right? Well, I, the I can tell you that the rumor mill among cast members right now is June 18th opening. That's, that's the earliest date that the cast members are kicking around right now, and that is with very limited availability and with no entertainment, basically. So I know one of the guys that you guys are going on this trip with is actually born on June 18th. So maybe he, you can use him to get some preferential treatment and get in the parks. Well, and that would be the week after our, after our trip is planned, so wouldn't really do us any good. Well, you can say, hey, you know, we can't come this week because you're closed, but... We got a buddy. It's his birthday. Disney loves to celebrate birthdays. And again, this is all theoretical. Nothing, nothing has been announced yet. So we're we're all pretty much just guessing and and waiting to hear at this point. Thomas is eating his dinner right now. He just looks like a a camel or a horse. He's just like. <laughs> Any comments, Tom? Or is your mouth full? I'm feeling a bit under the weather, and I'm trying to get food down, and. I got up and tried to get my life together right before we started recording, and my wife was nice enough to make me a PB&J, because that is a very bland meal that the doctor said shouldn't be too bad on the digestive system. I was wondering if the doctor said you should shave that mustache, because I see it's gone, and you look a lot better. The mustache and the beard has been removed since our last recording, and it was more so, I was just sick of it. I mean, it's just, it got pretty disgusting, but... I'm still in quarantine, um, you know, still working from home until at the earliest June 1st. So, I mean, we, we've got some runway. I can, I can start up again tonight. So, Tom, one of the things that you did say was that this is only third-party restaurants and stores that are opening at Disney Springs? That's what I read. I, I have not seen that. I've, I've looked at the Disney Springs reopening website. And I, I do see that, nope, no, you're right. You're right. A limited number, never mind. All right, well, anything else on that? Again, I, I think we're <laughs> we're more hoping than anything at this point, June 1st. I, Tom, you're pretty adamant June 1st. Well, and we'll continue to update. I mean, you know, I think we said when this whole deal, when, when everything closed down, we weren't going to have a ton of news for you. And it, for the most part, it was really quiet on the Disney front. So as we continue to record podcasts, in anticipation for a, a June or July opening, I, I, I'm very, very confident the park will be open by July. But um, as we as we continue to have news-worthy items to share, we'll share them on the podcast and give you our opinions. And we, you know, we've had a lot of you guys shoot back messages to us too. So if you have anything to share on this, or you have any insider insight, I, I know we do have some connections with cast members. But anything you're hearing too, we'd love to know. All right, good stuff. Well, uh, with that, let's pause for just a second to hear from our sponsor, Kingdom Strollers. So your family is coming to Orlando. 
and the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun. But you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers, a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today. So before we get uh, going, just want to say we uh we are running a patreon want to encourage you guys if you are interested in a little bit more content uh to uh to check us out on patreon that's patreon.com slash right now it's a couple couple of extra episodes a month once we get back into the parks get rolling back into the parks we're going to be uh adding some additional content from the park so not sure what that's going to be pictures video recordings live from the parks what have you We'll, uh, we'll have to see when Sparks reopen. Okay, let's talk about some some hidden gems on on the food and drinks side. And these are kind of all over the place. Parks, resorts. I don't think we got anything from the spring. Well, no, we do got something from the springs on there. So kind of all over the place here. But let's let's start off with something at uh, at Animal Kingdom that I think I think Tom uh, you've you've had a couple of times and have enjoyed. Yep. So before I dive in, I do want to say that. Matt was not uh, Matt. Matt was not able to to join us on the outline for this, so a lot of these foods aren't aren't things that Matt has maybe had a chance to try. So Pete is putting up. He's changing his background on Skype to represent whatever food we're talking about, and we're going to start in Animal Kingdom, like Pete mentioned, with the baked mac and cheese with shrimp at Eight Spoons Kiosk. I can't take credit for finding this. My wife and I were at Disney World. And I actually just went into Animal Kingdom to eat lunch, and then I was leaving for the day to continue working, and she was going to stay in Animal Kingdom for the day. And she was like, let's split a meal here and go over. I want to try this mac and cheese. Guys, the the, the grilled shrimp at uh, Satuli's are fantastic. I actually think it's a really similar recipe on the shrimp, but this is a, a must-try Disney snack at, at uh, Disney World. And I do think it probably goes unnoticed. It is very near to the up meet and greet. We actually picked it up at the kiosk, and there was a little table right by the side of, of where it was. And and the up characters were leaving the show and walking backstage. And one snuck up behind me, and I turned around and let a an O oh, bad word out because the dog really did startle me. And so, uh, yeah, the baked mac and cheese with shrimp at Eight Spoons Kiosk. I don't know if either – I don't think either of you have tried this yet. So this is a, a really good hidden gem at Disney. So just now I saw Pete looking in the background wondering like, hey, what's this look like? But Pete, you can't see it. I can see it. And what I'm going to do now is just say that, you know, there are some fantastic foods in Disney World. We all know that. This is one where I'm going to give a yay. This looks fantastic. And if I don't think it looks great, I'll let you guys know. I'm I'm the listener like you guys tonight. So this one looks awesome. Pete, have you had it? No, no, I, I've not had it. I've not had it. Um, 
Although I, there is another mac and cheese, which we'll get to at Animal Kingdom, that I'm sure it is similar to. Tom, you said this is very similar to the grilled shrimp at Satuli, correct? So, I mean, the shrimp at Satuli is good. I, I can't see this not being good. Well, yeah, I mean, it's 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 mac and cheese with shrimp in it. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? But, Tom, like, how big's the portion size? Um, I think it probably came with three shrimp, three or four shrimp. And, and I mean, it's it's like a, a normal Disney snack, like a little brown. So it's like an appetizer? Uh, yeah, probably more like an appetizer. My wife and I split it, uh, and it was, it was really good. I love it. I'm going to get it next time I go, which will be in five years. So let's go over to the contemporary next. I've not eaten here. Um, my my go to breakfast is is 1900 Park Fair, but Tom was really adamant that we put this on here, and that is uh, the the breakfast buffet at the Wave. So Tom, why is the breakfast buffet at the Wave better than 1900 Park Fair or Ohana or Garden Grill or any other place where you can get pretty much the same food? So I think I think you're mistaking the purpose of the episode. It doesn't necessarily mean it's better than those buffets. What it means is it's it's cheaper. Not many people know about it. Easy to get, easy to get in and out of the restaurant very quick. And the food is just as good as what they serve at Chef Mickey's. Now you don't have the the experience and, and that is really what you're paying for. Uh, but the breakfast buffet at the Wave is one of the best buffets on property. It is at the Contemporary and it's a hidden gem at Disney World. A lot of people don't know about it, and there are a lot of buffets. Uh, we didn't even talk about the, you know, the the Bomas of the world or the Crystal Palaces. I mean, a lot of buffets that people would go to over this. So, like, what's what's on the buffets? Like your typical like breakfast stuff, like pancakes, waffles, eggs, bacon, you know, all all that kind of thing. But it's like it's good food. Like you think it's, you know, not. I mean, when I when I think of buffet, I feel like food's been sitting out there for a while. Like you think this is pretty fresh. It's pretty great. Sausage, all that. You know, really, any any Disney buffet that you go to, the food's typically not sitting out for a long time because typically these places are are packed, right? And, yeah, and so exactly. they're turning food over and over and over. I don't. I, I mean, I don't know really of anything super unique here. Uh, you know, there are some a la carte items that you can order. You don't have to order the buffet. There are some a la carte items that you can order. Uh, that uh, that may be a little bit better, a little bit nicer. I think if you're looking at, at a from a value standpoint, you know how much food do you get for your money? I think the buffet is the way to go, right? Because it's all you can eat. I mean, how do you beat that? Because you may you may be paying just as much for say an omelet as you would for for the buffet. And for for reference, the buffet is twenty five dollars for adults, fourteen for children. And as you look at some of the entrees. You know, they're in that 14 to $15 range. So, yeah, I, I think as an adult, I mean, it's one of the cheapest buffets. It's the cheapest buffet on property, uh, to my I mean, knowledge. I mean, how much did we pay at, how much did we pay at Garden Grill? 35 or 40 a person? I believe it was at least 35 but I was thinking more like 40 or 45 the last time. Because that was one thing we noticed the increase, and we were like, hmm, not sure if it's worth it. And and again, this is at the Contemporary. It's It's not at a park. So, you know, it's you're not getting into a park early. So, you do lose that. But, but it is it is tucked away. Not a whole lot of people are going to the wave for breakfast. So yeah, I can excuse me. So yeah, I can see this being a uh, a hidden gem. So just like what we're talking about pricing right now, I just looked up the um, shrimp mac and cheese that Tom talked about earlier. That's only six forty nine at Animal Kingdom. It's it's you know pretty 
pretty reasonably priced. I think that's what Tom was talking about earlier. Just saying we're not talking about things that are break the budget. Like we're talking about things that are hidden and are really good. And I mean, you can't get an appetizer. Like Tom said, it you know fed him and his wife and it was three bucks a pop. That's pretty good. Okay, well, let's move on to something that I know that uh, at least at least Tom and I have have known and loved over the course of uh, over the course of many Disney trips, and that is the uh, the baguette sandwiches from the French Pavilion. Uh, this is a, I mean, it's basically a ham and cheese. Well, you know, for me, this is this is the ham and cheese on on a baguette. It's cheap. It's filling. It's quick. And it's delicious. It goes perfect with a glass of wine. All I can think about is Beauty and the Beast. Rose, the baguettes. <laughs> and I think that's like what they're going for here. Or maybe not, but I think it's funny. <laughs> well, I think it's I think it's Marie, the baguettes. Marie, the baguettes. Yeah, you're right. Um, that's better. <laughs> but uh, so again, I can't take credit for this one. This is also uh, for, for me personally, my wife. Uh, this was a must do on one of our first trips together. And she said, hey, it's one of the best values for, for the food you get. Ham and cheese croissant is what I go with. I know Pete goes with the baguette. But I think the croissant's like $3 or something like that. Well, the, the, the baguette's not much more. The baguette's 5 or five yep. fifty, if if that. I mean, it's not much more. But it's a – look, this is a great – like if you're going in the park at the International Gateway, even if it's, even if it's before World Showcase opens, this place is open. And you can go get one of these. It's a great little breakfast. Yeah, it's 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 a good hidden gem. It is. It'll be crowded in there. But keep in mind, the Beauty and the Beast sing along does exit through this area, uh, so it can be kind of like a, a little bit of a false crowd. And you won't wait more than ten minutes. I mean, to get in and out with food and drink. Uh, that that's pretty standard for for kiosks at uh, the World Show. Do they have mobile? Do they have mobile ordering here now? I do not know, Pete. I I typically always get in line. I, I know I've always waited in line too, but I'm I'm thinking they may have mobile ordering here now. Not sure. We'll have to we'll have to check it out. But yet, this is a great again. This opens before World Showcase. In fact, that's the first time I ever got one of these. Was we entered Matt? I think I think it was you and I. We came in through uh, because we parked at Hollywood Studios and walked over to Epcot. Correct? Yeah, that's what. I, yeah, we we did that. <laughs> And I'm I'm pretty sure we stopped in here and uh, and grabbed a sandwich because we came in through the international gateway. Yeah, we came through the international gateway. Like you know, obviously the world showcase was open because we came in like what one or two o'clock. I can't remember exactly what time, but yeah, I mean, no, we we came in at the opening of the park because we parked at Hollywood Studios, walked to Epcot, and then went to Hollywood Studios that night. Yeah, you're right. I'm getting mixed up. <laughs> So yeah, it, it was World Showcase was closed, but I'm pretty sure this place was open. I if if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. So anyway, regardless, I think that's where I discovered this. Well worth it. So what do you have next on the list? Because I have I will say before we before we get to the next one, Pete has the baguette baguette, however you pronounce it, behind him, and it looks delicious. Very simple though, right? Yeah, I mean it looks very clean, very good. Oh man, this next one, guys. I wish y'all could see it. Tom, this is all you. Between my, my dinner I'm eating now, I'm getting hungry for Epcot. So the spring rolls in the China Pavilion, I don't know if you can call them underrated or a hidden gem because I talk about them all the time. But people order different things in the China Pavilion. A lot of people actually walk into the pavilion and go to the quick service restaurant. When There are spring rolls for sale in there as well. But 
the ones on the kiosk right outside, right there, right there, right when you get into the China Pavilion, just, it's a must, it's a must eat. I've gotten them two times before in one day. I've gotten them every trip. You've gotten them, you've gotten them more than two times in one day before. I mean, I've, yeah, I want to say you've made round three or four. I mean, I've ordered two orders at once as well to have four egg rolls or spring rolls. And if they're serving tipsy ducks in love, it, it uh, pairs very well together. I'll second that. It does go well with the tipsy ducks in love. Yeah, these are good. There's something about because it's not like they're frying these up out at the uh, out of the pavilion. I think that's the joy of tea, right? Is uh, is it's the joy kiosk. of tea? Yep. So it's not like they're frying these up at the joy of tea. They're they're being fried. I'm pretty sure these are the exact same spring rolls that they have inside. They are. They're just literally they're literally putting them in a bucket and carrying them out to the cart, uh, and they're and they're storing a little drawer. But damn, they're good. They they go really well with the tipsy ducks in love and and they're they're what five bucks for an order yeah something like that I I just looked it up I think it's five dollars and Pete like behind you like I want one of those spring rolls right now I could eat those any time of day like nine a.m. give me some very difficult to get an order of spring rolls and a tipsy ducks in love and to walk and try to eat your spring rolls and carry your tipsy ducks in love yeah it's very impossible. difficult to do. It is. It is impossible. You have to stop at one of the conveniently located tables right by the Joy of Tea, as as you do on every trip. I know the China Pavilion pretty well. <laughs> well, we also know the every, bathrooms there pretty well. You know, we haven't we have not talked about the, the China bathrooms. I'm going to go ahead and say that they're overrated now, guys. We they're let the secret. Up. We let the secret out on the China bathrooms. We clearly have a lot of listeners. Well, they they used to be so peaceful, and now they're just they're overrun. They really are. I think what we've had happen is we have some cast members that said like that was my peaceful oasis, and the men do Disney crew ruined it. They were out there like this is my job to clean it. We're just not going to do it. But know. anyway, what's my, the next one? I don't know why my video is not. Oh, there we go. I see. I see. You, so we you got see the me falafel. Now? Yeah, we got the falafel in Animal Kingdom, and it, evidently it's a cart in Asia. I, I have not had this. Yeah. Can you guys yeah, talk about oh, it behind Pete now? Is is it Mr. Mr. Kamal's, I think? It's it's right there when you're going into Asia. And they've got this is a this is a vegetarian like snack cart. That's why I've never um, had it. <laughs> yeah, that's which is why neither one of you but I, you know, I think how I found this, I had to I I had a couple of snacks that I had to burn. I think this was on the Mendu Disney trip, actually. I had a couple snacks I still had to burn, and I was like, oh, I'll get some falafel. So this is served. It's 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 deep fried. It's served with tzatziki. It's incredible. It's I think I want to say you get four or five uh falafels. I think it's five five pieces of falafel. It's it's good and crispy on the outside. It's nice and soft on the inside. And and the tzatziki is is really good. And I mean, do you you know what falafel is, right? No clue, no clue. <laughs> we don't, we don't know, Pete. I'm sorry. <laughs> so it's uh, it's it's pretty much deep fried hummus, kind of. So it's chickpeas. There's some there's some seasoning, some red pepper, some garlic. But it's it's mainly uh, chick a little cumin, but mainly chick deep fried chickpeas. So my question here is like, when I heard, oh, you know, it's falafel. There's just baked, not meat. And I was like, Pete, how healthy can this be when it's deep fried? You have tzatziki sauce. Never said it was healthy. Never said it was healthy. <laughs> just said it was a hidden gem. Um, yeah, it's vegetarian. 
There's yeah, no, exactly. No I, heard, I heard vegetarian. I was like, uh, eh, must be healthy. Then I looked at it. I was like, if what I'm looking at is what Pete is eating, this is not healthy at all. No, the only thing I'll say about this is the, the tzatziki, while it's good, could be a little bit more garlicky. It's not really super flavorful, but, uh, but it's, you know, it's, it's creamy and it's, uh, it's cold. And so it, it accompanies the falafel well, but definitely recommend this. I mean, not something I would typically eat, right? Especially in a theme park. It's not your go to. (laughs) No, it wouldn't be my go to, but I would definitely get it again. Absolutely get it again. All right, so it's the next one here, and I'm just going to, I guess I'll DJ for us. It's the mac and cheese with pulled pork at the flame tree. I have not had this, but we're back on the mac and cheese train. We're, you know, pulled pork and mac and cheese, and Pete just put it up behind him. Um, yeah, that looks fantastic. It actually looks like a pretty large serving. Well, this is a, it's a meal. Unlike the, you know, the lobster, uh, the lobster mac and cheese is a, is a snack. So this is a this is a full meal from from Flame Tree, and I I think Flame Tree in, in general could be I don't know if you'd call it a hidden gem because Flame Tree is pretty well known, but this is this is definitely a hidden gem. I think this is the best thing uh, best thing on the menu at Flame Tree. It's definitely better than any other barbecue that may come out of uh, of the state of Georgia, specifically Saint Simon's Island. But but yeah, great uh, great great portion size. The the barbecue is is what you would expect from Flame Tree, and the macaroni and cheese is good too. You know, we actually have lost two listeners like multiple times now when we reference how that Flame Tree is better than the barbecue that you'd find in Saint Simon's Island. Funny backstory: we were actually sitting at Flame Tree when eating barbecue, about to ride, eating barbecue, about to ride Expedition Everest again. And these two that uh, were with us, we, we all were driving back that that evening uh, in the same can we, car. Can we call them? Can we call them morons? Is they're, that is they're that friends? Fair? They're they're really good friends. They said, "Hey guys, we, we'd really like to try and leave in time to eat at this restaurant." We're like, "All right, cool. What time does it close?" It was like three o'clock, like something ridiculous. So we had to leave the park then, and um, that's what we're referencing. That Flame Tree definitely, while it may not be a better barbecue, you know, combine that the fact with you had Disney World and you had. Expedition Everest queued up, it was a better situation we were in. So this is baked macaroni and cheese with pulled pork. I'm looking at the menu right now, guys. And, um, baked macaroni and cheese topped with um, smoked pulled pork, onion rings, and coleslaw. Only $11.99. And if, like like I said, like when I looked at this, when Pete put it up there, it looks like a pretty good amount of food. It looks great. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's a quick service meal, right? So it's that, that's about what you'd expect to pay, I think, at... Uh, at a quick service restaurant, but definitely, definitely worth it. I mean, if, if you're, uh, if you're craving barbecue and I, I've not been to, uh, to Regal Eagle yet, so I, I can't really compare Regal Eagle to Flame Tree, but, but Flame Tree is kind of the, my go-to for barbecue at, uh, at the parks. I've only been to Regal Eagle once. And so it's tough for me to tell you, Pete, yeah, it's hands down better. I've only tried one thing there too. So I, I don't know. I will say the barbecue plates usually kind of fill you up. Like at least in my hometown, I live in the South, and for eleven ninety nine for what Pete threw up there, like I think that's going to be pretty filling. And I mean, I can spend twelve bucks quickly at McDonald's, but that looks a lot better than McDonald's. All right, up next, and and this is available at Fifties uh, Primetime Cafe. You can also get it. What's it called? Tune In Lounge is right right next to Fifties uh, 
Primetime Cafe at Hollywood Studios. And that is the, uh, that's the PB&J milkshake. I can, I can do this once in a while. I, I don't, I don't dislike peanut butter and jelly. This is not an every trip must do for me. For me, just thinking about a PB and J milkshake and seeing the picture in the background, it looks, it looks awesome. But like, you have to be in the right mode to have any kind of milkshake, right? You have to be in the right like environment. It can't be too hot. It can't be too cold. Like for a milkshake like this, it's kind of heavy. Like I feel like it might be a little tough to drink in any situation, which is probably why Pete, you said like, yeah, I can take it. Or, I don't want to say you, you said you could take it or leave it, but that's kind of what I felt like you were saying. So I would tell you that I last had this milkshake in January of this year, which is like perfect time to have it because it's not too cold, not too hot. It is legitimately a peanut butter. It tastes just like a PB&J and I love PB&Js, but my wife and I split it and that was perfect for us. And then we were still able to ride all the attractions. You know, you didn't have a, too full of a stomach. You didn't feel like you were having to fight something down. Uh, so it, 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 I don't know if it's a, a hidden gem from the, I guess it's a hidden gem because it's not, there's not like open advertisements about it. You know, you, you kind of have to I mean, know it it's is, there. I don't know. It's, it is at the top of the menu of, of, the, of their milkshakes. But you have to walk in there. I mean, it's kind of off the beaten path a little bit. Yeah, correct. Correct. But, but no, I'm not, I'm not saying that I, I dislike this. I, I do like this milkshake a lot, but again, it's a, it, it's got to be in a certain, uh, certain situation for me. Not a, not an every. I would say you go you go have this milkshake and you go watch Indiana Jones while it's still there, or you go do something where you can sit down for a little bit. I wouldn't go ride Rock and Roller Coaster or Tower of Terror right after having this milkshake, but that's just me. So the next one here, it looks Pete again. It looks fantastic. We have the sandwiches at Norway Pavilion, and man, that looks good. Which one of you guys put this one up here? I had never had this before. When when was this? I guess the this was the the first Mendu Disney trip, right? That uh, one of the guys that was with us got it. It's it's a this is the Norwegian Club, and and I I don't remember if he got the Norwegian Club or if he got the ham and apple sandwich. He got it the was ha- one he, of the two. He got the you know what I think he did get the Norwegian Club actually. So and the price has gone up a little bit since he got it. I think when he got it, it was six dollars or something like that. This is a huge sandwich. It's it's ham, turkey, bacon, cheese, tomatoes, onion. Um, a, I mean, a full size sandwich. It's it's eight ninety nine now, but I want to say he paid like six dollars for it when when he got it. It was well worth it. it how much is the uh, the ha- the other one? Other sandwich feet. The other one's seven. The other one's seven ninety nine, okay. and that's ham, apple, and cheese. I know. I definitely think he got the Norwegian club. But here's why this is a hidden gem. When you go into the Norway Pavilion, I bet if you sat in there all day. Uh, 60 to 70% of the people would walk out with the school bread. The other 20% would walk out with something other than the school bread. And then the smallest percentage would walk out with these sandwiches. And while it has gone up in price a little bit, when we first saw it, I mean, I was like, Pete, this might be the best valued food in the World Showcase. I myself have never ordered it because I typically am, am waiting to eat until China or I've just eaten chips and dip in Mexico. So it just kind of falls in the middle for me. You know, if you remember, I never ordered the school bread either. So Norway's not a place that I eat, but everyone who's gotten it, I mean, it's been one of those things now, Pete, that every trip we tell someone new about it and they're like, oh, I'll try it. And I mean, everyone loves it. And you know, when we, when we, I guess when we hit Norway, it is, it is fairly early in the morning still, right? So it, it's not, we're not really thinking lunch at that point, typically because we've just had 
a triple dipper in uh, in Mexico. And what what Pete means by triple dipper, I've had three different, you know, guacamole, mild salsa, queso. He's had three margaritas. That's his triple dip. <laughs> that, is, that is my triple dipper. And have probably had a cider in uh, in Norway already. Yeah. And, and we're, you know, and, and I'm getting a school bread when I, when I go to the Norway pavilion. That's, I mean, that's, that's just what I do. So the, the next one on the list, we just put bread pudding and I, I'm going to talk about Ohana's. I'm going to let Pete talk about Raglan Road. And many of you will be listening thinking, oh, there's no way the bread pudding is a hidden gem at Ohana. But most people go to Ohana, they talk about, oh, it's unlimited steak, chicken, and grilled shrimp. And a lot of people, if you if you don't have a good Disney cast member, they, they, a lot of them will say, hey, be sure to save room for the bread pudding. My first time, I didn't think I liked the bread pudding. I didn't save room for it. I, I was only able to take a couple of bites. Now I will sacrifice eating less of the you know, the grilled steak, grilled chicken, grilled shrimp to save room for the bread pudding uh, at Ohana. So it is still a hidden gem for me. So for me, like I've never had either of these bread puddings, but I'm, I'm kind of like Tom. I was not all about the bread pudding the first time I even just like read on a menu. But my brother-in-law is a pastry chef at a really nice restaurant and I had his bread pudding. And now it's me and my wife's most favorite menu item. So like what Tom said, we save room for the bread pudding. I would highly recommend that you guys save room too, because if you haven't had bread pudding, just you know, for whatever reason, like it is one of my favorite desserts. I'm going to tell you why Raglan Road's bread pudding is better than Ohana's bread pudding. And I think I'm uniquely qualified to, to talk about this between all of us because I'm the only one that's had both, right? So Ohana's, Ohana's bread pudding comes out, you know, you've got your scoop of ice cream on it. Great. Um, it's it's warm, it's good, it's delicious. You're already stuffed because you've eaten, you know, tons of shrimp, tons of chicken, tons of steak, tons of dumplings, whatever. Okay, so you don't really appreciate it. Raglan Road comes out, and it's a it's a huge bowl of bread pudding. First off, the last time I ate at Raglan Road, I was on a meal plan, and we actually had to bring the bread pudding back to the hotel with us because we couldn't eat it. So huge serving, but. They come out with two little pitchers. So the bread pudding comes with a pitcher of butterscotch sauce and a pitcher of creme anglaise, which is basically melted ice cream that you then can pour over the bread pudding. That, that to me, just makes it 100% better than, than Ohana's bread pudding. And Pete, I, I'm not informed enough to disagree with you. So you've got me, uh, you've got me there. We're, and we're going to have a bread pudding off eventually. Where, where we get an order from Ohana and get an order from uh, Raglan from Road, Raglan Road and, and, and compare and contrast the two. It's going to happen. Let's do it. Let's do it. I won't be there properly, but y'all can do it. <laughs> this might be my favorite. This might be my favorite thing on uh, on the list that we have is bread pudding. I'm getting like excited thinking about it. I when, thought you were going to so, say the next item was your favorite thing. I was like, really? I wouldn't have guessed No, that. no, no. No, the bread, bread pudding. Bread pudding for sure. I uh, – this bread pudding was inspirational to me because it uh, – so my wife and I went, ate at Raglan Road, had the bread pudding, and then the following – and that was in April or May. The following Christmas, I I developed my now world-famous croissant bread pudding, which, uh, which is a, a Christmas chocolate croissant bread pudding, by the way, which has been a Christmas dessert staple uh, in, in our household for 10-plus years now. So the, the next thing on the list – May not be my favorite on the list, obviously, because the bread pudding is, uh, but it's it's still good. 
That is the cinnamon roll from Gaston's Tavern. And and you can, of course, get this uh, with or without LeFou's brew. Have you ever had LeFou's brew? I have not. It's You know what it is, right? He's never had it. <laughs> so LeFou's brew is supposed to be Disney, or was supposed to be before Blue Milk, Disney's answer to Butterbeer. Ne- yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, ne- and it never took off. And the reason is because Butterbeer actually tastes good, and Blue Milk... Oof, tastes phenomenal. LeFou's brew is frozen apple juice with like marshmallow foam on top. It's, it's not real great. You know what? I might try it next time. I might order the cinnamon roll and a little bit of LeFou's brew. Well, I, I will say that the the cinnamon roll is, is well worth it. I don't know how expensive this is. I, I don't think it's cheap. I think this is one of the more, more expensive snacks on here, but it's a good cinnamon roll. I'm a big I, cinnamon roll fan in general. And well, I've I've not had the cinnamon roll from Oga's. Okay, that's so what I was about I'd, to mention. Yeah, I'd like to compare the two. So it looks like the warm cinnamon roll is five ninety nine at Gaston's. I don't remember what the price was in Galaxy's Edge. It was more than that. And and you know I don't want to list it as a hidden gem because I don't think Oga's can be a hidden gem at this point. But Gaston's Tavern really is always dead. If you want a place to sit down. You can go in there and find a seat. It's actually really good theming in there as well. It's exactly what you would think Gaston's Tavern would look like. Uh, the the cinnamon roll at Oga's is six bucks, so not much more. Still worth it. And, and it might be. I mean, it might be because didn't the cinnamon roll at uh, at Oga's have like Oreo pieces in it? It did. Yep, pretty good. Yeah, you see that that's probably going to be better than than the cinnamon roll at Gaston's. I'm I'm thinking. Well, speaking of grown up things, now we have the grown up lemonade, and I know we're all fans of that. Yep. Yeah, this is a real hidden gem. So we we talked about it a lot. So it's not a hidden gem to our listeners, but again, if you if you sat it, if you sat in Toy Story Land and watched people order things, you wouldn't see people walking away with the grown up lemonade often. People don't think of an alcoholic beverage in Toy Story Land, and we randomly stumbled upon it ourselves. So that's why we kind of think it's a hidden gem. It's fantastic. I don't know really what else to say about this. It, it is. It's it's very good. It's uh, lemonade with cherry vodka. And we, we've talked about this drink a lot. <laughs> That's why Pete probably doesn't know what else to say, because it, it's a good drink, and both you guys love it. But it's definitely a hidden gem. So I, I don't know. If, can we can we count this next one as a hidden gem, too? Because it's, you know, if, if you had to pick a signature drink for, for Trader Sam's, I mean, isn't, isn't, this the, isn't this kind of the signature drink? So I put this as the, the hidden gem because I think the Aoa is a signature drink. Okay, that's fair. The the Nautilus is a lot bigger and more expensive. The, the, we didn't say the hidden gems had to be cheap. <laughs> That's fair. Can can you get the Nautilus not in the giant cup? I don't know the answer to that. I mean, can you uh like what do you mean? Like can you order it at the outside bar? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you can. How much how much do you, how many cups do you think that takes? I don't know. It's I have it in, in my office. It's humongous. I was going to ask like can one person drink that? Have either of you drank that entirely? Uh, I've split it with three people. Most time you see like seven or eight people splitting it. That's what I'm saying. I don't think they're going to have this drink anytime soon if one oh, person next can't take it down. I'm taking it down next time I'm there. So here's, I'm looking at the menu right now. So the Nautilus is $32. The Uh-Oh is $23. And on the Uh-Oh, it says specifically recommended for two or more guests. The Nautilus does not say that. There's no such note on the Nautilus. Is it because is, is the Uh-Oh uh, recommended for two more guests because of the the Bacardi 151 floater? Um, I mean, not if not if you're getting them to burn it off, right? I don't know. What 
So what what's the Nautilus? I mean, what's it taste like? Peach? I you know what? I don't remember. And my taste buds are off. I don't feel well tonight. <laughs> my taste buds are it's way a, off. It's, it's a fruity tiki drink that you now own the cup for, right? I had had a few other fruity tiki drinks that maybe made me more encouraged to own the cup. And so, yeah, here I am with the cup. <laughs> After an evening at Trader Sam's, you were more than – I think you bought me a cup that night too. Bought you an Oa mug. You know what? Honestly, I think the, the last menu item we have here, unless we, one of you guys want to throw something on here, is all Tom. It's the charcuterie board at Baseline Tap Room. And Tom, I think you're just a designated expert here. I am a charcuterie board expert because my wife is an expert. But yeah, the Baseline Tap Room is another, I think, hidden gem at Disney World. People race right by it to go to Galaxy's Edge. And if you turn in there, there are a, di- a few different menu items. We've talked about the bartenders. We've talked about the drinks. But I think for your best bang for your buck in there, and it's a hidden gem because, again, people walk straight by it all day long, the charcuterie board. It's fantastic. It's got something everyone would like. I like the pretzel. But the pretzel's not a not a good deal. Well, we usually get all. the charcuterie board and the pretzel because the pretzel's really really good and the the sauces they provide on oh, the charcuterie yeah. board. Well, but but it's ridiculous because the the charcuterie board is ten bucks. The pretzel's nine bucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah I usually spend a lot of money in baseline. <laughs> but no, I agree. the uh, The charcuterie board here is is good. You do get, I mean, obviously cheeses, meats. There's some grapes. I think you get a little bit of bread and some mustards and what have you. Great value for for ten bucks, right? Great value. I mean, Tom, Matt, look at that. Look at that picture. Look how much food oh, we got Pete, on there. Pete, I mean, you're you're a, you're in the way, but I can still see a lot and whatever's like behind you. Oh my gosh! Like yeah, like with that kind of charcuterie board, like I love it. I mean, that's that's some, sometimes I go to a restaurant, I get that as my meal. Like I, I can just eat an entire char, char, charcuterie board. Like me and Tom's wife, we could just split one. It'd be fine. All right. Well, anything else to say? I'm trying to think if there's anything else that uh, off off the beaten path that we've oh, gotten. I got one. All right. So anytime you're in the Magic Kingdom, go over to Tomorrowland, Frontierland, you can get a, a turkey leg. And a turkey leg is one of the best things you can have at Disney. You're not going to finish a turkey leg, but it's definitely available. And it's one of those things that if I don't if I don't say it, at some point on a podcast, my mom's going to get mad because when I was little, I'd go get a turkey leg and I'd eat like ha- like a quarter of it, maybe half of it, and just throw it away on the on the way into Space Mountain or the way into Splash Mountain. But I'm a big turkey leg guy. Matt has obviously started a list now of most overrated food at, uh, at Disney World. Turkey leg, I guess, is one. You could also throw Casey's Corner hot dogs in there and uh, premium Mickey ice cream bars. Mm, I, you can also the Dole Whip if we're doing overrated. Oh, I don't have the energy to do this tonight, fellas. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm, I wish I could have a turkey leg right now. I'd take a turkey leg. A galactic gobbler. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, anything else on that? I don't think so. I think we covered it. All right. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's move on to the trivia question of Secret for the Week. What do we got, Tom? So going to the Secret of the Week... Did you know that Walt Disney World employs more people than every other Disney park combined? Going to the trivia question from last week, uh, what farm animal did Disney employ to help manage a mosquito surveillance program across the property? Disney employs use of chickens. The sentinel chickens, as they're called, live in coops all over Disney World. While these feathered employees are going about their daily life, their blood is being monitored for mosquito-borne diseases like West Nile virus. 
Lucky for the chickens, they don't get sick from the virus. But if they do pick it up, the Disney team knows where in the park they got it from so they can deliver a swift blow to the mosquitoes in that area. Uh, so that's uh, a pretty neat trivia question, and I appreciate all the guesses. We had a lot of participation on that one as well. Uh, trivia question of this week, I almost put the number of rooms that that the Walt Disney World hotels and resorts have, but that would make this way too easy. So how many years would it take to stay in each room across all of the Disney World hotels and resorts? You can tweet us at Podcast or email us at mendowww at gmail.com. All right, so Tom, like I'm... I'm 30, 30-ish. Could I, sur- could I survive in a Disney room the rest of my days? I'm not going to give any hints. That's all we have this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on the Twitter at MendoWDW Podcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, please tweet us or email us at MendoWDW at gmail.com. Also, check out our Patreon at men- patreon.com slash MendoWDW. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.